0: hallelujah hallelujah I wonder if that's really your prayer today I wonder if that's really your prayer today for the Lord to let his kingdom come we said it there everything changes when his kingdom comes everything changes my life everything in my life changes when I allow the Lord to be the king what changes my, my circumstances may not change but I change and when I have a change inside it changes everything in my life. I have a new king, if I can put it that way. I have a new Lord, and he is allowed to make changes. He is allowed to reorder, to restructure when, I, when he chooses to let his kingdom really reign. And it's my choice to say king Whatever you want to do today king whatever you I'm in your kingdom your kingdom come in my life my life then is just a furtherance of his kingdom amen let's pray jesus I'm choosing right now, Father, to make You the Lord of my life. God, I understand that when I make You the King, I give You control. I give You free reign and free control over every aspect of my life. But I'm making that decision right now, Lord, to choose You as my King. And it becomes my prayer, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done. Let thy will be done. In the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. I believe He's ministering to each of us right now. Hallelujah. Just open up your heart to the Lord. Open up your heart to the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah. I receive the things that you have for me today, Jesus. I want to receive them, Lord God. I want my heart to be open to you. I want my mind, Lord, to be open to you. My spirit, Lord, I want it to be open to you so that you could come in and choose to dwell in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We are privileged today and delighted to have Bishop over here with us. He's going to come and minister to us today. So again, I encourage you to open your mind, your heart, your spirit, and just let the Lord do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Bishop Schoonover, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you to our praise team today. Amen.
1: Thank you, Elder Fires. Praise God. I'm I'm reminiscing as I stand here, uh, going back through the years. Uh, I actually passed by that camera back there, saw that Michael Swan was uh, logged into Facebook and was watching. Michael, you remember, You might remember this. Some years back uh, there used to be some old buildings right in the center of town down here in Yakima that got tore down. Uh, was owned by one of the local developers and uh, they they made this park area right on Yakima Avenue and they uh, put a gondola up or a gazebo I guess a gazebo up and uh, there was kind of a platform area out front but the most of it was just grass and and we would drive past there and so I approached the owner of that property one time went to his office and I said would you allow for us to use that we would like to do outreach services out on the street and that that gazebo that you've built there, I see it's got electricity, we could plug into that, and we could use that if if you wouldn't mind, and so he gave us permission, and uh, we set up down there, and and you know, your mind goes to work, and you think, wow, you know, maybe there'll there'll be a large crowd that would be drawn, and all of this, and so we got all set up, and you know, we had announced around a little bit that we were going to be doing this, but we were the only ones there. And as we were all set up, there were cars driving by each way. And we kind of went through our little model of a kind of a program. And we, I think we sang some songs and worshipped. And, and then I took the mic and I began to read the Word of God. And I never forgot the anointing that I felt to come upon me. There in that moment... As I looked out over a field of no people. There was a mall across the street. There was an apartment building over here. And and we just yielded to the power of the Holy Ghost. And ministered as God led. And after some time we noticed there were people that were coming out of the basement area of the mall. They were getting into their cars and they were circling around and they were pulling into the shade of a tree. And they would roll their window down. We would have people testify of their deliverance and we would uh, you know, just do as we felt of the Lord to try to minister there and testify out into the open air. I think there was one young man that came up the road. I think we learned his name was Eric. And he came up the road. He had been hitchhiking and came up and stood there in front of us. And as far as we knew, he was the only person <laughs> that was standing there. As, and then we thought, why are we feeling all this anointing? It seems like the ministry is just going forth to touch, the, you know, thousands of people. And there's one guy standing there in a backpack, you know, kind of. And, uh, of course, at first thought, I wondered, how much would God do for one person? Would he inspire us to go contact the owner of a property to set all that up and do all that we did to minister to one person? Sure, he would. But that wasn't what, would ha- what happened. There was more that happened. We found out later. As we made contact with some of those people, went to those cars that were sitting along the side of the road, Here's what they said to us. We were in the bar in the basement of the mall and we heard you. Now, I know there's a double door system going into the mall and then there's, you know, down under the concrete floors of that building. I know it's physically impossible for anybody in the basement of the mall to hear what we were doing in the park. But here's what I came to realize. The Spirit of God can take His living Word and transcend the concrete. He can transcend the miles. And so I have a faith today that through that little camera on that stick in the back of the room, the the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of God can, can accomplish wherever... And whatever it is that God is doing and sending it to. Now, as I was musing over the thoughts of what we did in that downtown park, I was reminded, I went back a little further. uh, I think it was during that time, we had made some contact with some people. And there was one couple that we had reached out to. And they lived in a building down there on North 1st Street. It becomes North 1st right after Yakima Avenue. And uh, it was called the Crystal Palace. The building was called the Crystal Palace. And it was a bunch of apartments. And, and they lived up and about the fifth floor. And I was there one day reaching out to them. They had missed a Bible study or something. And so I went and reached out to them. And I was coming down the stairs of this old building there was an older gentleman there with a hat on and a black trench coat looked really out of place and he said to me he said what are you doing here i said well there's some people we met and we have a bible study with them and uh you know i was coming to visit them and he said you want to preach do you want to preach the gospel and i said well yeah i think so I learned that he owned the building and he was from Seattle and he was coming over and he was having a lot of problems with the tenants of the building. And so anyway, he said, if you want to preach, he said, come here. And he took me outside and down just a half a block, there was the Blue Banjo Tavern. And he said, if you want to preach, you preach in there. I said, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I said, well, I'll go talk to my pastor. So I did. I went and talked to Brother Leslie, told him about the encounter. And he said, go for it, boy. Go for it. And so the word got out. There was quite a group that assembled. And it was funny because there was a group of ladies that they didn't want their husbands to know that they were going down to the Blue Banjo Tavern with the church group. And so we went, went down, and there was a stage area And we walked up onto the stage. Now, we we tried to be respectful to those that were there sitting at the bar drinking. So we didn't get up and open Bibles and go to preaching at them. But we did begin to share our testimonies of deliverance. And I think we would sing a song and then we'd have a testimony. And then we'd sing a song and we'd have a testimony. Now, there was nobody running out of the bar. They were sitting there. They were listening and this went on for as long as we were comfortable doing it. And then we kind of wrapped things up and those people begin to reach out and appeal to us. We baptized six souls that night from the Blue Banjo Tavern. And for a season of time, God gave us a, a place of ministry with a few of them. And so I, 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 um, I marvel at what God can do. By a work of His Spirit. His Spirit is not limited by time, nor space, nor walls. We talk about getting outside of the four walls. We make statements like that. Let me tell you something. The, the Spirit of God can transcend any place and impact any area. Years ago, we, uh, we decided to start a Christian school in Puyallup. And after the school had been going for a while, let me tell you what else had been going on. I was invited to a prayer and fasting meeting. It, it impacted my life. And when I came back, it just seemed like prayer broke out in the congregation. And uh, what was... Uh, when we struggled to get people into the prayer room, by the work of God's Spirit... In a matter of weeks, it was standing room only in the prayer room. And this was deep intercessory prayer. Now, it was about that time that we started that school. And we opened up to the community and we allowed for people to bring their kids from the outside of the church congregation to come and attend the school. Now, there's a, there was a situation that happened one day that just marked my life forever. During school, there was also four or five individuals that would come to the church every day and give themselves the prayer. Some of them would pray for two to three hours every day at the church, in the basement, with liberty. They prayed. Every once in a while, we'd catch word from a parent, you know, is it, is it necessary for those people to come and to pray at the church like they're doing We're hearing them speak in tongues and all this. Is this necessary? Can they do that at another time? And I thought to myself, lady, if you only knew the impact of these people's prayer on your children while they sit in that classroom, day by day by day. Now, one day there was a couple that came that their son was in the school and they brought their elder son, which was about college age. And as they were walking through the sanctuary, the college-age student says, Whoa, do you feel that? We all stopped and turned around to see what he was talking about. He said, there's so much peace in here. It was tangible to the outsider coming in that immediately he recognized this place is it's an absolute still because there's perfect peace. And I thought, this is the result over a period of a few years of prayer impacting the space where we were habitating or, or uh, coming to worship and having our school. And so I know that there is a, uh, a power in God by the working of His Spirit. That transcends. I want to share a simple word with you today here at the Bible. I have been spending time thinking about the simplicity of the word and the simple Bible doctrines that sometimes we take for granted. And much of the world can't put the pieces together. I want to talk to you about the new birth experience. If if uh you were to, ask, you know, down through the years, there's been terms that, you know, become the uh I don't know, the, the word of the day, the term of the day, you know. Years ago, years ago when I was young, do you know Jesus? And then there was a season of time was uh, you know, have you been born again? And then there was, uh, you know, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? And if you go down through the years, you'll see there were, you know, religious buzzwords that uh, people would use. And, as, and when they said, oh, yes, I know the Lord, you know, they went to a concert. They were asked to raise their hand, and accept the Lord, and then put their hand down. And now everything's cool. I got to tell you this. I went to a passion play one time. And they had an intermission in the middle of the passion play. Now, it was beautiful. They, they were, you know, expressing through visual the word of God and the, you know, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And then it came to intermission time. And a guy in shorts, who they called the pastor, came out to the crowd. And he began to throw beach balls out over the crowd. And then he said, how many here would like to accept the Lord as your Savior? There was probably 45 or 50 hands that lifted up. And then they threw the beach balls out again. And then they went on to do the rest of the play. And I heard that same man announce years later, or a few years later, how many souls that they were seeing saved At their passion play. So many more than most churches in town. Now, listen to me. It's important for us today to know the truth. The truth that saves us. The application of the Word of God. I spent a couple of days making, recording a Bible study simply about the blood being applied to our lives and how we apply the. Uh, The blood in the New Testament to our lives. Simple, simple Bible studies. Not just to teach to the congregation, but to get outside of the four walls. Because I know that we are reaching now through broadcast, people will never meet. Now, I want to talk to you about this little encounter. Jesus or Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Many people know about this little story and about this little uh, segment when the Lord came and was, or Nicodemus came to the Lord and was uh, complimenting on these different things. And the Lord cut straight to the point and he said, Verily, verily, at verse five, I say unto thee, except a the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Of course, he was an old man, he questioned all that. How can I, being an old man, enter a second time into my mother's womb? So he's thinking with the mind, he's thinking with the natural. Now going to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at verse 45, let me read this to you. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living stone. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Two Adams. It's not speaking about the personage of a man, but what they represent. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. Spiritual. So we see Paul relaying to the church at Corinth this very basic and simple principle. First you have the natural, then you have the spiritual. So, in the Old Testament, there are some parallels. I'm just going to cover a few. One of the earliest ones was two boys born. Cain, first Cain, then Abel. Cain... Represented the natural, the carnal, the disobedient, the I want to do it my way. Abel represented obedience or a man after the spirit doing what was expected of him towards God. They both offered a sacrifice. The sacrifice Cain offered was rejected because it was Cain doing it his will. Now somebody would say today, well, you know, he he meant well. We say that sometimes about people. Well, you know, they went to church on Christmas. Well, you know, they meant well. And even though Cain meant well in offering a sacrifice, it was not the right sacrifice. And God said, after rejecting it, if you'll do well or if you'll do right, won't you be accepted? In other words, he showed him the way. Well, again, we have these two parallels. Man after the flesh. I'm going to do it my way. Man after the spirit. I'm going to be obedient to God. Man after the flesh raises up and kills man after the spirit. Here is something so interesting in the word of God. Genesis chapter 4 at verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel. Now, notice, she didn't say, look, the Lord gave me another boy. She actually said, God did this to replace Instead, whatever it was that Abel represented, that the flesh rose up and destroyed, I'm going to replace it. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Okay, so now, let's move ahead. Ishmael and Isaac. God has gave a promise to Abraham. I'm going to give you many children. uh, As many as the stars in the uh, sky, the sand of the sea. But your wife is barren. And so time passes after the promise is given. And man, like many of us would do, man took it into his own hands in trying to fulfill God's promise through the natural way, through their way. And so this is how Ishmael comes about. And so Ishmael represents again... Man trying to achieve the promises of God, man's way. It's not the plan of God. And God never even acknowledges it. He comes back to him later and he says, walk before me and be thou perfect. And he renews his covenant to Abraham. And then the eventuality, as you know, is we have the son Isaac. Let me read to you out of the book of Galatians. Again, these are New Testament references to Old Testament situations that point to a New Testament principle that Jesus shared with Nicodemus. Galatians 4 and 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. I'm not making this up. This is in the Word of God. The one who was born of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. He's talking about New Testament believers. He's just not talking to Jews. Verse 29. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. In other words, he's reflecting back to Cain how he persecuted Abel and slew him. He's saying, we're dealing with this today. People after the flesh persecuting them that are after the spirit. Nevertheless... Verse 30, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Pray with me, would you want right now? Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, this is an eternal truth, Father. In the name of Jesus, let us hold fast to this word. Let us walk in this with clear understanding. I pray that you would open the understanding of many hearers today. In the name of Jesus, that they would pursue you in your fullness. In Jesus' name. Book of Romans, chapter 9 at verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. This is a spirit-filled man, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church at Rome, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, who were his brethren, They were Hebrews, they were Jews who had walked in the traditions of their fathers and who claimed their heritage in God but yet they have yet to be born again. It's basically religious tradition. Now watch. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the, the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom are concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. What? What? What did he say? They are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children of Abraham but in Isaac shall thy seed be called he is drawing a line and saying those that were born of Ishmael those yes because naturally they are the seed of Abraham but he's saying but spiritually they are not because in Isaac shall thy seed be called he was the child of promise Again, we see this this pattern, this, this plan that divides the natural to the promised or the spiritual. Verse eight that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Until you become born of the Spirit. Until you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. According to the Word of God. You are not a child of God. According to the Word. I'm not judging you. This Word judges us. But more so, it teaches us. It declares to us. As a boy... Under conviction, I went to an altar and prayed. I wept and I sorrowed under repentance. And a good teacher came near me and said, Larry, you need to ask God to forgive you of your sins. And I prayed and I asked God to forgive me of my sins. And then she said, Larry, you need to ask the Lord to come into your heart. And I asked the Lord to come into my heart. I got up... From there, I felt better. I wiped the tears from my head. just a young boy went to the car, rode home with my family now i was I felt good because I had relief. I confessed from the sorrow the the guilt, the shame that I was feeling, I confessed, therefore, I felt relief, but others were telling me, "You just got saved. It would be." Some 10 years later, before I would look into the Word of God to find, I can't find any of that in the Word of God. Jesus looked at a scholar of the Word, he looked him in the eye and said, You, Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Or you shall not enter the kingdom of God. I'm thinking he's dressed and looking like he is the kingdom of God. That's what the Pharisees did. <laughs> not outside of a spiritual birth. Years later, you know, I, after God had appealed to me many times over and over with his love. He would express his love to me and I kept resisting. I kept rejecting. I kept turning away. As I went through the years and then I began to drown myself in alcohol and uh, I just kept pushing away and pushing away and pushing away. And then it was like the Lord set me up. He brought different people into my life, you know, and I'd try to keep them at bay, but they dropped scriptures on me and the word kept talking to me even when they weren't talking to me. And so eventually I begin to yield to this and one night on the way home from Spokane, I yielded wholeheartedly and asked God to help me i would give him the rest of my life if he would deliver me i went to my grandmother's church and uh, there was my grandfather and grandmother and they wept and you know here's larry he's coming in like the black sheep's come home you know <laughs> and uh, i was there for a little while and what's interesting was within a, a couple of weeks just a couple of weeks the pastor of that church was on vacation went on vacation. So he had some other guy come and preach for him. And this pastor, he preached that Sunday and he said, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And he kept, he just kept preaching this and, you know, it was good and I was listening, you know. Well, my grandmother, she invited me over to dinner and then she invited the preacher over to dinner. And so here we are at the dinner table, and this preacher sitting at the other end, and he's communicating to me, and he's saying, Larry, you need the Holy Ghost. Do you have the Holy Ghost? I said, no, I don't have the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. You really, it doesn't even start for you until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, he didn't stop. He just went on and on. Finally, we got done with dinner, and we went to church again. And he was preaching again. What do you think he preached about? He preached about the Holy Ghost. And it just went on and on and on. And so I thought, well, there wasn't but seven or eight of us in that whole building. And he opened the altar, and I went up to pray. And I, you know, got down on my knees. And no, I don't think I, I didn't raise my hands. I just got down on my knees and bowed my head. And I remember saying to the Lord, "All right, if you got to, just go ahead." <laughs> and nothing happened. It was about a month later, a friend of mine started talking about that he had felt like he'd repented, and he's starting to go to church, his father-in-law's church. And I decided I, I wanted to go with him just to keep him going. I thought, he's worse than me. And uh, I did, and it was there. They, they said, uh, they sat me down, I remember. Yuri Meadows, and he sat on the front row, and he said, Larry, he said, you, you like the truth, or do you like to be lied to? Uh, I like the truth. The Bible says the Spirit of God will lead you. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. Don't you want to know the truth? Yeah, I want to to know the truth. Well, then you want the Holy Ghost. Okay, yeah, I guess I want the Holy Ghost. And uh, I got away from him that night. But it was the next night. I think uh, Steve Smith was there from the Tri-Cities, and he was preaching. And at the end of his message, he calls out my friend's name, and then he calls out my name. I'm sitting on the back row, you know, close to the door, quick escape. And uh, he says, I think you can have the Holy Ghost tonight. They're not going to let me out of here until I get the Holy Ghost. Oh, well, so he opens the altar. I just will go up there and get the Holy Ghost. And I went up to the altar and began to pray with a few of them. And it was just a matter of minutes that I would begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave to me the utterance. And so I didn't carry on for a long time. I was... You know, I was a little shy, and I said, I got it. I got it. Leave me alone. I got it. (laughs) I heard myself. I heard that. And uh, do you know, it would actually be months that passed by that uh, it was something about my personality. I just didn't want to, you know, do all that out in front of people, and, you know, I didn't want to do it at home either. I just, that's the way I was. And there was a lady that got baptized one night and uh, that I had observed, and I saw the hardness on her face. It looked like stone. She was a part of a big family that had been coming in through Bible studies. Anyway, when she went down in the waters of baptism, I was watching her, and when she came up out of the water, the countenance on her face so changed. It was like the face of an angel, and in that moment, it was like a rushing river. I couldn't stop it. And I began to pray in the spirit, speaking in tongues, and it went on for a long time. Well, I gained a liberty that night that I had not had before. <sighs> Praise God. Let me. Let's talk about Esau and Jacob for a minute. Another type and shadow, another principle, or the same principle. Esau lived for the temporal and Jacob lived for the eternal. Esau was the firstborn. So that which comes first is what? The natural. And so Esau being the firstborn representing the natural, he received the birthright. He received what would come down from his father through heritage and blessing and all of the things. And... Esau or Jacob was the second born, and he would not have those things. But in a moment of uh, weakness, maybe it wasn't just weakness, it's just the way Esau was, came in from the hunt. He said, I'm famished, I'm starved, i got to have something to eat. What are you making? And uh, Jacob traded something temporal. He, now, he gave it up. He didn't eat it. He was willing to give up the temporal for the... Eternal, for the lasting. Esau, on the other hand, the man of the flesh, he was willing to give up the eternal for the temporal. Now what's interesting, in the Word of God, we read that God said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. We know that God doesn't hate people but it was the action, it was the lifestyle, it was the attitude of Esau, willing to give up the long term for the short term. And Jacob, being the one that would give up the short term, be, be willing to die out for the moment to receive that which was eternal. And so, again, this is a type, a typology of the man of the flesh versus the man of the spirit or the man of promise, the man after God. So we have through Cain and Abel, Ishmael and Isaac, Esau and Jacob. First, the natural, fleshly, the temporal. Second, the spiritual pertaineth to promise, the eternal. Is it any wonder that Jesus would say to Nicodemus, "You've got to have a second birth. You must be born again. Not a natural. But you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, or you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Spiritual birth, according to the Scripture. John the Baptist was baptizing down in Jordan because there was much water. Romans, the sixth chapter, says we are buried with him by baptism. Buried with him by baptism unto death. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in newness of life. Again, the burying of the old, the dying out of the old, the resurrection is the new, the new life. Now, let me read to you in Matthew 3 and 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance... But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. A spirit baptism. Born of the Spirit. This is being born of the Spirit. Not accepting the Lord as your saving Savior, raising your right hand, uh, or doing anything else. It's being born of the Spirit, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter, well, Acts 1 follows Luke 24. Luke 24, Jesus said to the 500, repentance and remission of sins will be preached in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. Go and tarry. Go, wait for the promise of the Father. They, Jesus ascends. They left there. They go to Jerusalem. They find an upper room. They begin to tarry and wait on God for the promise of the Father, which they don't even know what that is. Seven to ten days. day of Pentecost has come. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there's sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind. And all of them were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave to them the utterance. The book of Acts is the historical record. Holy Ghost to the Jews. Holy Ghost to the Samaritans. Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter 10. Holy Ghost to the Gentiles. Acts 19, we have people being re-baptized because their baptism was was not legitimate for the now and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They spoke with tongues and magnified God. Anywhere I've ever watched somebody receive the Holy Ghost, it's always, it's always the same way. People yield and they begin to yield to spiritual utterance. They speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God Gives to them the utterance. That's not just for some. It's not just for a few. The promise is to all. Now, I lived for many years that I thought all those things were inherent to me accepting the Lord as my Savior. I thought I could be led by His Spirit. I thought I could have the fruit of the Spirit operative in my life. I thought I was a son of God because I was led by the Spirit. But listen to me. You can't be led of the Spirit unless you have the Spirit. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit unless you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You can't be led of God. You're led by your own mind and intuition. It is a spiritual act. A lot of people look into the Bible, they look into the Word of God and they, they, they see these things and they believe that all these things are operative in their own life. Having not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you as an individual who had not had the Holy Ghost and then at 22 I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the change that came, the spiritual leading that
2: came, The anointing that came.
1: You shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It'll make you free. I'm desperate to get the truth out. I'm desperate to declare the truth as far as As it will go, that any hearer, whether I would ever know them or not, is not important. What's important is that they would hear the truth and look to the word of God and examine their own situation and find out whether they be in the faith or not. Acts 2, 16, but this is that. The Holy Ghost was outpoured at Pentecost. It was noised abroad because it was the Feast of Pentecost. There were people from many nations, but all Jews, who had come to Jerusalem and they were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. So they hear these people speaking in their languages and say, Aren't these guys all from Galilee? Aren't they all Galileans? How is it that we can hear them speaking in our language? And Peter begins to communicate and explain. But listen, this is an unction from the Holy Ghost. This is an inspiration from God in the moment when He says, These men are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Dream dreams, see visions. He's pouring out his spirit. But not everybody's receiving it. We've got to come yielding. We've got to come waiting upon him. I remember the testimony of my own grandmother. Many years ago they lived out in the valley here, out in the lower valley and I had an uncle who was a teacher. He was he was in his thirties. He was young, but he had cancer. He had cancer of the brain. I remember the last time I visited him, and he did not know who I was. That part of the brain was being eroded away, and he was losing uh, contact with being able to tell. And I remember when he passed. I remember hearing my grandmother testify how she went home that day and knelt beside her bed out in Hera and began to just pray and call on the Lord. And she said God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there in her bedroom beside her bed. You don't need a church service for this. This is between you and God. This is you responding to conviction and yielding to His drawing to Him and yielding in allowing Him to fill you with the fountain, the river, the baptism of the Holy Ghost which will lead you, guide you into all truth. Let's pray. Those that are here. Let's pray. Those that are there. Come on. Let's wait on God for a minute in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We wait upon you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're leading, you're guiding the baptism of your spirit, the power that would endure us receiving the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As I was thinking about this early this morning. I was thinking of, you know, in my own life, I I didn't know, but I, looking back now, again, I said it earlier. I can read the Word of God that talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. We know that the, the Scripture says that the kingdom of God is not eat nor drink nor any such thing. It's peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Ghost and if I was happy I thought that would be the joy of the Spirit and you know if I was feeling different things that I felt like was the description that surely that must have been the fruit of the Spirit but I see a lot of people walking around with their knowledge of the Word of God proclaiming to experiencing all these things related to the Spirit having never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost it is the will of God For us to to be born of water and of the Spirit. It is the promise of God. For all those who will to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Which will lead people spiritually. They that are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. There is a Spirit leading. In a life of an in in, in in our lives as individuals, as we pray and commune with God, praying in the spirit—that's uh, another one. You can't pray in the spirit unless you have the spirit. Why don't you stand with me? I have delivered unto you the whole counsel of God. Concerning this matter. The Bible says, Buy the truth and sell it not. I knew at a certain point in my life as I began to look into the Word of God, wow. I know a lot of people they they're not seeing this, they're not understanding this, and they're not walking in this. You know, some of them are family and it kind of draws some lines. But I had to come to the place for myself. I'm going to walk in the truth. I'm going to stand for the truth. And I'm going to declare the truth. I want to be a vessel of this. A vessel of the truth. I want to share this. I want to be as the apostles were. Where they prayed for the boldness of God's spirit to be upon them. That they would never hold back. That they would never hold back. And that they would communicate the truth to others even though it was a bumping up against their traditions. I pray the revelation of your Spirit, Father. The opening of our understanding. I know that is a spiritual act. That is not a natural act of learning. It's a work of your Spirit, Father. I pray the opening of the understanding of the minds of men to see clearly and to look into your word to know the truth for themselves. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. God bless you. Brother Flowers.
0: Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we, before we end this, I want us to pray again. There's a handful of us, us here in the room. To my knowledge, I believe we all have received the Holy Ghost. But I know there are many watching and many who will come along and watch later who may not have yet received the Holy Ghost. I'm remembering back to the first things that Bishop said. The Spirit and the power of God transcends a place. And it's my faith, I I have faith that the Lord will fill people with His Spirit as they seek Him, as they respond to Him through hearing a message such as this. I want us to all pray together. Let the Lord have His way. I encourage you right now to seek the Lord. Begin to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Let His Spirit have its way. Let His Spirit flow through you. In the name of Jesus. Father, You are good to us. You are so good to us. I thank You for Your Spirit. I thank You for the power of Your Spirit. Hallelujah. I thank You for the power of Your Spirit ye ara Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. We claim it today, Jesus. We claim it today, God. Through faith in Your Word. Through faith in Your power, Lord Jesus. Through obedience to You, Father. We claim it today in Jesus' name. Ee hai ye analosata hai yar aur mosakata hai hai ye yar hai let your spirit go forth right now father let your spirit go forth right now father ee andalosata hai ye yar he yaro lo sahai. This promise is unto us. This promise is unto you. This promise is unto all, all, all that are afar off. He katahai ye yarala mahaya. He yaro roshaka katahai. He yaro lo sa tahai. Yaro lo mo in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Father, we surrender to you. Father, we surrender to you. Ye tahai lo Ie-no-ro-lo-sa-ka-ta-hai Rivers of living water, let them flow. Rivers of living water, let them flow Everything out of our belly, out of our innermost being. The Spirit of God. The promise of God. The truth. The power of God.
2: Yalo lo lo sha ka sa ta changes. Everything changes when your kingdom
3: comes. Let's show in the name of Jesus God Lord we come before you Jesus right where we're at right where we're sitting right where we're standing God that the almighty Lord would hear the cries of his people oh God we proclaim healing in the name of Jesus We proclaim deliverance in the name of Jesus. He whose Son set is free is free indeed. We are the children of the free, Lord God. We are the children of the Spirit, Lord. And we pray that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty in the name of Jesus. Liberty in the Spirit, Lord God. Liberty in your word, Lord. We pray that you reach every home, God. You reach every family, every marriage, Lord God. Every child watching through, young person, young couple, Lord. That you would have your way. You are almighty. You are omnipotent, God. You are omnipresent, Jesus. Everywhere, every time, all the time, you are there, you see, you hear, you have the answer, God. I pray, Jesus, for every home outside of these four walls pray for every church outside of these four walls our brothers and sisters in Christ for the congregational elders and the leaders and the bishops God that during this time your spirit would fall in the name of Jesus set upon your leaders Lord God set your spirit upon your people Lord oh we cannot get through this without you we need you in these times. We need you during this pandemic, Lord. There are many scares because of this virus. But as the church, we stand firm on your word, God.
2: That by your
3: stripes,
2: we are healed, Lord. Oh, move, God. Oh, I'll pray enrichment in, in the spirit, God. You send to every home. Whoever's watching, whoever's listening. Oh, God. Let there be a presence in the home, God. Oh, you can do anything, Lord. There's nothing too hard for you, God. There's nothing you can't do. There's no answer you don't have, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I pray we dedicate ourselves to you in this time, Lord. I pray we dedicate ourselves to you, Jesus. That we reach deep down further in our souls. Deep down further into who we are, God. That we desire to be more like you. We desire to walk like you and talk like you, Jesus. To be people after your spirit, Lord. Oh, Jesus, I thank you in advance for the healings. I thank you in advance, Lord, for the blessings, God, for what you're going to do in your precious, mighty name, God. Hallelujah.